good morning, and um, like Justin said earlier, sorry for our mess. That's the downfall of renting a place, is you never know what you're going to show up to. Um, but, you know, last week we uh, started this series that we've called Weird, and the reason we've called it Weird is because sometimes in life, sometimes in, and this is, remember last week I said, this, sir, this series is really a message, like a series for me. As you know, last week I said this is the confessions of a pastor um, with some of my doubt and some of my insecurities and some of the things that I, I said that I struggle with believing in. Like, you know, one of the things was, does God still work miracles? Like that, that's like, see, you have to understand I grew up in a place, not really grew up, but I did ministry in a place for so long that um, it was kind of like if it seemed weird, then it wasn't true or that it had to be questioned. Well, then God started working me, with me in a way, and I, like, I was planning on doing this big, huge miracle series. And, you know, I remember, if you remember me telling you, I started studying for it. And the Thursday before last Sunday, I'm getting ready, reading through my sermon, reading through my notes. And it was like God was saying, you're not talking about that. And I go, but God, it's Thursday. You know, like Sunday's coming. I like to be prepared. And it was just like I just couldn't get past it. And you know, and I think, I think a lot of it, too, comes from our culture. You know, I mentioned last week that, you know, we live in a culture that teaches that square blocks goes in square holes and round blocks goes in round holes. And, you know, I remember I, I told the story about when I worked at a daycare. God forbid those kids, you know, like, whew, feel bad for them, you know. And they had that one kid who was trying to put the square block in the round hole. And I said, listen, dude, you got to put the square block in the square hole and the round block in the round hole. And he's like, just to show you, he opened up the side of the cube that is square and put the round block in it and just looked at me like I was an idiot, you know. And, and it, but it's kind of it's like, man, what would happen if we approach this with God with childlike faith to say, you know what, this may seem a little weird, but you know what, I'm going to trust God in this moment. You know, and we looked, we looked back at, um, you know, what we said we were going to do was look at some of the miracles in the Bible that Jesus, that Jesus said that he was going to, that Jesus performed. And, and like, if we were in that culture, we would have said, man, that is really weird. Like, dude just walked on water. That's a little freaky. That dude was dead and he just raised him back to life. That, that is weird, right? Like, if we lived in that culture, we said that, like, it would have been weird and we would have probably dismissed Jesus a little bit. Like even some of the religious leaders dismissed Jesus saying it was just magic. That he was just casting, he was a devil casting out other devils. Trying to discredit things. And I got to praying, God, God, if, if, if you still work in this way, if you still do miracles, if you still do all these things that I was told that, if you still did it, show me. Share the story of Courtney. I'm going to share a story today. That happened to me this week. And, but what, we, what we, we ended last week with reading this passage in Habakkuk 1, verse 5. It says, The Lord replied, Look around at the nations. Look and be amazed. For I am doing something in what? Your own day. Something that you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. See, people would come to me and tell me stories of things that God had done in their life, how God had intervened in their life. And even the, me, me as a pastor would go, well, what did you do to finagle that to happen? You know, it's like I said with Courtney's story, like there was probably a crowd there and the person got lost in the crowd. 
like I didn't believe it. Like people were telling me stuff I didn't believe it. But as I began to study and this passage was read to me by a friend, he said, maybe God's wanting to do something in your own day if only you believe. And so what we're going to talk about, what we started talking about last week and this week is this idea that, you know, these miracles that we see in the Bible are just shadows of what God wants to do in your life and in my life. So what we said was, is there's two things that we want to do in this series. And that number one is this, to see what God can do in you. And the second thing is, is that maybe and even possibly make your impossible possible. To make your impossible possible. So last week was my, my confession a little bit about how, how does faith and doubt Play into, play into our Christian lives. And we read the story of the Father. You know, Jesus had Jesus was up on the mountain. It's the story of the transfiguration, right? And he started coming down the mountain with some disciples. And I'm sure those disciples were like, I can't believe what I just saw. That was amazing. Your face was glowing like I've never seen. Like, you know, this, I don't know what the conversation was. This is just all conjecture. But as they come down the mountain, Jesus notices there's a crowd down there grumbling and complaining and what they were grumbling and complaining about was the rest of the, of the disciples couldn't heal, heal this boy that was possessed with demons and the father brings and lays the son at jesus feet and says i brought the i brought the, the my son to your disciples asking him to heal him he was possessed with demons he would the demons would have him cause him to have seizures and throw him in the fire throw him in the water trying to kill him but your disciples couldn't heal him and then the dad said so if you can can you heal my boy? And, and, so, and so Jesus said, what are you talking about if I can? If you believe, anything is possible. And I, this, the, the prayer that the Father prayed to Jesus in this moment was where I felt like I was and where a lot of us are with a lot of what we believe, right? Where he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Like, how can you believe but have doubt at the same time like me how can I believe that God is a miracle worker that God is able that he's going to do it again but at the same time go God you don't work this way anymore like how, how is that possible but I could see that that Jesus is wanting to do something in this father in this in, the, in this dad's life in this boy's life and he healed him anyways and I can just imagine the joy that the father had after he left there knowing that his boy I'm sure his unbelief, even though he still may have had some doubt, his boy was rescued, so maybe that unbelief shrank a little bit. And I think for last week, like I said, I think for a lot of us, he, he's wanting to shrink that doubt in our lives. And then this week, I've kind of I've called this, um, using my, um, for all the teachers in the room, or soon-to-be teachers, I apologize, this is bad English. Um, I should know better for working at a middle school, but it's a, I titled this, It Ain't Dead. I was always told, ain't ain't a word, and I ain't going to say it. Well, I'm saying it today. It ain't dead. We're getting a story. Jesus, Jesus has crossed over the sea. He stepped out on shore. And part of the story that we're going to read today is going to be familiar. But I want to look at a different aspect of it. But it's the story of this guy, this other dad, who's worried about his daughter dying. And this is what happens in verse 21 of Mark chapter 5. I'm going to read 21 through 24. It says, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Verse 22, then a leader of the local synagogue. Now I want you to pay attention to this. Who is he? 
He's a leader of the local synagogue, which means he was, he was, he was in the Jewish religion. He was really an enemy against Jesus, right? He was on the other team because they were at this point trying to kill Jesus, right? So you have to think, this is what happens. Whose name was Jairus, or Jairus, however you want to say it, arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her and leave me here and heal her so she can live. And you have to think about this. This man is risking everything. Risking everything to come face the person that he's supposed to be against. That his whole belief system has begun. Like everything that he believed in in this moment, he was turning his back on. Why? Because his daughter needed help. You ever just felt like you needed help? Or maybe it's something like this. Maybe God's asking you to do something that goes against everything that you thought you believed. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it'll, it'll cause people to question you because it's not what you said you always were. It's asking you to do something different. Just like him. Can you imagine the tension? I want my daughter healed, but I'm a leader over here in this belief system. But my daughter's sick. He's, he wanted to see his daughter get well so bad that he was willing to go against everything that he thought was right to make his daughter Make sure his daughter was okay. Listen to what he does in verse 24. So Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. So I'm going to pause the story right here just for a second. If you know anything about what happens next, I'm going to let you know. It's one of, my, one of my favorite sermons we ever did when we talked about the lady with the blood issue. Remember? Jesus is walking. So he's met Jara. Star said, come to my house. He starts walking, a crowd gathers, and all of a sudden it says the Bible felt, said, that, said that he felt power leave him. And it was when this woman who had been bleeding for 12 years touched the hem of his garment and said, and Jesus was like, someone touched me. And like, what do you mean somebody touched you? We're in a crowd of 100 people bumping into you. Of course, no, somebody touched me, power left me. And you remember, if you remember, he turned around and this lady fell at his feet because at this point for 12 years she had felt unworthy, unwanted, right? Because she'd been bleeding for 12 years because she was known as that woman, that unclean woman. Don't talk to her, don't touch her. She's breaking the law for even being here because she's dirty. But if you remember, what did Jesus say to her? He said, daughter. For the first time she was recognized for something other than that dirty woman, Right? daughter your faith has healed you right so imagine but that we're not talking about that today even though that's i could go on that because that's one of my favorite things we ever talked about right that maybe he's looking down at you today and going maybe you felt that way maybe you felt unclean unwanted discarded and he just says daughter son it's you if that's you today just we can celebrate that but that's not what we're talking about better quit okay but you imagine for a minute being jarrah Right? He just came to Jesus. He said, my daughter's sick. He gets going. And his miracle gets paused. Like, all oh, this is great, Jesus. That's great what you just did for that woman. Oh, yeah, that's great. But my daughter's still at home dying. Like, this is really great. I'm glad. Like, I know her. I know she's that woman. 
I'm glad you healed her, but God, my daughter's back at home. And like in the Bible says that in verse 35 of that same thing, it says, while he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. Leave it there. You prayed for God to heal, to intervene, and you see everyone else getting their miracle, right? You've been praying for something so long, and you see old Becky over here who only shows up at church on Christmas and Easter. She got her miracle, but where's mine? I see you start working, God, but then all of a sudden it got paused. And here's the thing you have to realize. Sometimes God will pause your miracle so that you can see someone else get blessed because maybe your miracle comes within that. Because what we're about to read, I think Jesus knew all along what was going to happen. But can you imagine being Jairus in this moment? You went against everything that you believed in. Chased Jesus down. Said, my daughter's sick, can you come help? And on the way, he stops to help somebody else. Maybe you feel a little hopeless. It's cool, Jesus, that you helped this girl with my daughter. Your daughter is dead, they said. There's no use troubling the teacher now. You felt hopeless, maybe. Like everything that he was hoping for. Like maybe this little girl was everything to him. Just like a lyric is everything to me. Like if something happened to her, like I went to a funeral, there's a gender at the middle school. He's five months that baby died. Went to the funeral this week. Like I couldn't imagine. I was walking in there and you could see he was trying to hold it together for his wife, but he was tore up. Like I couldn't imagine how Jars felt in this moment. Everything he dreamed for. Maybe he was already planning her wedding. Maybe he was thinking about, you know, the dress that they were going to make her. And all of a sudden, his miracle is dead. You've been hoping for a long time, praying for a long time. Everyone else is getting theirs, but you're left here with nothing happening. Why bother anymore seeking Jesus to heal? And maybe he doesn't listen to the cries of his people. George was like, you know, did you not hear what I just said when you got off the boat? My daughter's dying. I'm glad you healed this woman, but dang it, my daughter's back home. Maybe you've been praying for something for a long time, and maybe what you've been praying for to go in one direction is actually going in another direction. Maybe the relationship that you thought you had is going south. Maybe, maybe your kids, you've been praying for your kids and you've been praying for God to move in their life, but it just seems like they're getting worse. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe you've been praying for that promotion and it seems like everyone else is getting that promotion. And you're like, God, when is it my turn? When is it my turn? So you, be, you begin to become calloused. And listen to what happens. 
Mark 5, 36 through 40. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Like that's, like that's easy to say. <laughs> Just have faith. And Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let and wouldn't let anyone go with him except for Peter, James, and John, the brothers of James. Verse 38. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion, weeping and wailing. Very nice. He went inside and asked, why all the commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. And then verse 40, then the crowd laughed at him. But he made them all leave. And he, he took the girl's father and mother and the three disciples into the room where the girl was like, I want to leave it right here. So imagine for a minute. You just got this bad news. Maybe that what you were a miracle that you're hoping for. You get this bad news that, and maybe you're feeling like, man, what I've been praying for, it's dead now. It's dead. You have somebody, some little punk, tell you just to have faith. Like, what does that look like in the midst of when everything in life goes astray? What does that look like? Number one, and I didn't put this one up there, but here's what I think. I, in the midst of me getting not... I didn't go to sleep last night, so I was thinking about this stuff a lot. This came to my mind is that maybe you think that you've done everything that you need to do, that you're supposed to do. So now what? And here's my suggestion in the midst of your miracle not happening. Whenever you've done everything you know to do, go back and do the last thing that God told you to do. The last thing that you remember God told you to do, just have faith. Just go back and do the last thing that he told you to do, because here's why. You take a note, you can write this down. In the face of death, you've got to hold on to faith. Hebrews says that the, our, this cro the, cross, this, the cross that we have faith in, the, faith, the resurrection that we put our faith in, it's the anchor for our souls. Right? Like when the storms of life come, when, we look, when it looks like our miracle isn't coming, it's what anchors us. Because even if God does absolutely nothing else for, for us, we believe that the cross is enough. No matter what we face in life, we know that the cross is enough. Even if he doesn't work any more miracles in our life, the cross was enough because we know because of the cross... Because of the resurrection, the best is yet to come. But I want you to notice something that he does. In verse 40, if we go back, it says, the crowd laughed at him. Have you ever had, like, have you ever been trying to trust God with something and somebody makes fun of you for it? Like, you try, like you're praying to God, seeking God, and someone's like, God's not going to do that for you. You really think she's going to do that for you, Justin? He ain't going to do it. They just laugh at you. Or they laugh because they laugh because maybe, maybe you're sticking in there. You're staying in the fire. Because you believe what's, what's coming on the outside of that fire is going to be better. You're sticking it out. You have faith that tomorrow is going to be better. And they're like, man, your life sucks. Just give it up. 
listen to what Jesus did here for these people who were negative. He said, but he made them all leave. And here's the point. You have to get rid of all negativity in your life. You have to get rid of all negativity in your life. One of my favorite passages that I've, you know, everybody knows Psalm 23, right? If you go to a funeral, you see it. I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You know that part? Well, what most people don't read in there is this verse in Psalms 23, 5 that says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of who? Your enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. But wait, why don't you prepare my the table for me in the mansion? Have you ever seen a, those trees that grow in the habitat? They're brittle. If we stand the test of the storm, if we stand the test of our enemy, we'll be stronger at the end of it. But the question becomes, who are you inviting to your table? Because who's that table prepared for? It's prepared for you. But what the enemy likes to do, he likes to get, have a seat at that table, right? And he'll go... You know what? I'm just going to squeeze in right here. She was talking about you the other day. She was talking about leaving you. You better get rid of her. You know he's thinking about getting rid of you. You better get rid of him before he gets rid of you. He's talking smack about you. Oh, you should have heard what she just said. He tries to wedge himself into places because you invite him into the table. He's like, you know what? Nobody cares about your situation. You're in this all by yourself. Oh, can I have one of those grapes? Can you pour me a glass of water while you're at it? It's like, who are you inviting to your table? Here's this Jairus guy who has invited all these people to his table. And they're laughing at his faith, just like the enemy's laughing at your faith. Do you really think God's going to help you in that? If he was going to do something, he would have done it already. But I like how Jesus punches the devil in the mouth a lot of times. You know, like he charges hell with a water pistol. I love that. Verse 41 says this, in the midst of all this, amidst people making fun of their faith. He says this, verse 41. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talithia, cool. Which means, little girl, get up. You ain't dead. Verse 42. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally what? Amazed. Like the very miracle that you've been praying for, maybe you just feel like like you're this, this, you're this dad. This little girl's laying there dead. Or who, what you thought was dead. Maybe your miracle, you, you feel like it's dormant. Like 
God's not going to do it. And Jesus today is telling you, who won't? Get up. Rise up. It ain't dead. Get up. Because I believe that God wants to show up and show out in your life. It ain't dead. The thing that you're hoping for, the dream that you're hoping to reach to, it ain't dead. Just asleep. And it's waiting for your faith to believe, to, to be engaged, and for God to say, rise up, get up. You're not dead. You're just asleep. Like, I just want to tell people, just watch and see. Just watch and see what God's going to do in you. Because I believe that he's going to make your impossible possible. So I don't know where you find yourself this morning. Maybe you're here and you're like, Derek, this seems really kind of weird. And I would go, yep. It's freaking me out. You know, like I said last week, I'm over here and I'm like, I have a bachelor's degree in religion and biblical studies and I'm like studying deep in the doctrines and theology and and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for my master's degree. So I get a master's degree in theology and theological thought. Okay. So I'm like this square, right? Like I am a dork, but I am square. Like if, if it doesn't fit here, then it's not true. And I'm wondering if my eyes have been closed this whole time to what God had been doing. Like even the things that I would celebrate happening, I'm kind of like, is that really happening? Like, I'm going to share this. You remember, you know my friend who uh, I've been talking to for years? And I've shared this story several times. Well, I don't know if I really believe in this God thing because of the way she was raised. Grew up strict Baptist, and I'm like, I feel you. <laughs> I get you. But then get sent off to Catholic school and witnesses abuse. And her belief system of saying, God, if God was real, then why would he allow this to happen? Beginning to have a conversation with her, you know, about God, and I can't go there. I don't, I don't know how that feels, and I'm sorry. And then her going, okay, well, after a year and a half going, okay, I believe there's a God, but I don't believe he intervenes in the lives of men. And I'm like, kind of where my dad is, kind of. God, are you still going to work miracles? Even trying to lead her through that, it was like leading me through that. And my eyes are still blind at this moment of what's happening. And continuing the conversation, and I remember one day, I think I sent it out at like 10 o'clock tonight to a couple people, and I was like, she texted me and said she was, we had to do some stuff at school the next day and, and for her class. And, and, and she goes, oh, this morning, by the way, I finally said, okay, find the God. Like I celebrated, but part of me goes, Really? happen like that 
were my eyes closed to what God, the miracle that was God was doing in her life? Or did I forget the time that when I was seven years old, when I got hit by a car, that's why I had this beautiful scars on my head. When I should have died on my head flew open and it says like they said my dad's hand could fit inside without even touching the sides of the thing like I should have died but here I am did I miss what God was doing there because I should have died and like look at what I'm doing now and are my, are my blinders on right but even the miracle outside of that of mom prayed a prayer that God get Koi back in church even if it takes cutting off my arm or me losing my voice not me but her you know and then a couple weeks later maybe get, like seeing God answer her prayer not the way she wanted but in turn gets my dad back in church or what about a marriage staying together when it shouldn't have you with me when everything should have been lost but the miracle he's faithful what about the fact that my wife shouldn't be the way she is because the way she grew up sorry if you're listening to this mother-in-law she was raised with mom doing way better now just trust me okay but doing drugs and living that kind of lifestyle of Brittany going from here to there like Brittany should have turned out the way she did God did I marry up <laughs> that's a miracle what about the fact that let alone all that her trying to live the best life she can having chronic kidney disease you would never know she was sick then on top of that, she should have never had any kids, let alone two. Two little miracles. Like, God's doing all this stuff around me, and my eyes have been shut. Everything that I thought was dead, like, these miracles are dead. And God's like, I've been doing them this whole time. Just open up your eyes. So I have back at one, five. If Joe can get it back up there real quick. The Lord replied, look around you. Just look around you. <laughs> look behind you, look in front of you. Look at what God's doing. Look around you. Look and be what? Amazed. What happened when this girl rose from the dead? They were what? Amazed. Look at me amazed, for I am doing something all around you. You would just open your eyes. I'm doing something so big that only I can get the credit for it. If you would just open your eyes. I, was, I told you I was going to share a story this week, and it ain't nothing huge. Ain't nothing like God had a car go straight through my car, and nothing happening. I know that crazy, crazy stuff. But I remember, like, I, you know, I, I've been going and working out. That's why I look so buff. And just kidding. 
okay? And what I've been doing the last little bit is, which I've always taken time out of the day to kind of read not only my Bible, but read a book. And I decided, you know what? I'm, there's some things that I've been letting go that when we first started, say we're going to be about this, I kind of let that go. So I'm, I went back to revisit some of the stuff and been reading through this book by Dan Greider, the president of Not Network that we're part of, called Crucial Conversations. I'm doing something a little different this time, though. I'm reading it backwards. Okay, freaking people out. But, but I remember I, before I went to the gym, I read a chapter of it. But on the way to the gym, my oil sensor lock came on. And I love my new truck. It's awesome. Clear the Tundra, Rock Warrior. Alright. I was like, I better go get this checked out. So after I work out, I get in the truck, and I was like, you know what, God, if all this is real, give me an opportunity to have a crucial conversation with somebody today. To care where it is. To cashier at the BP. Back at Food City. You know, people at Food City need it. Just kidding. Sorry, all Food City. Sorry, Food City. Okay. I remember sitting, going into the lobby of the place that was checking my car out. There's this guy sitting over there. And we're watching the news thing on there. I have my Crucial Conversations book. I'm going to read it. Freaking book down and do it, you know. We're sitting there, they're on the news. I don't know if anybody saw this, but a guy was driving on the interstate backward, but keeping up with traffic. Right? And I was like, man, what a, <laughs> what a dummy. Right? And the guy was like, yeah, but that happens all the time in Cuba. And I go, you live in Cuba? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm stationed in Cuba. Like, oh, that's cool. Where are you stationed at? Just asking those innocent awe questions, right? He goes, Guantanamo Bay. And I go, ooh, that's a big one. <laughs> so what do you do there? Here's what he said. He goes, says, so what do you do there? And he goes, well, I'm over all the medical for the, f- I don't even know if I should be sharing this. Sorry if I'm not supposed to share this, but uh, I'm over the 40 terrorists that we have in lockup there. I'm over, I'm over their medical. I go, oh, that's interesting. Um, are they pretty cool conversations? And they're like, no, they're kind of jerks, he said. But, but I got to have this conversation with him about how this affects his life. Like, he was only here for a week. He came in for a wedding that happened to be in Florida, but he was like, next flight didn't leave out for a week, so I thought I'd come up here and spend time with my wife. So that's great. You got any kids? This had this great conversation about how life is down there, and it got to the point of him saying, you know, I realize now being back up here, of how much I really enjoy the slow pace of life down there because it's island time, he said. And I've realized that people here in the States are really just too too busy. They're always going. And I was like, I feel you. Like, sometimes I feel like I'm always, like, and I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I'm like, what, are you, what do you think you're going to do? Like, when you're, you know, your term ends in February, what are you going to do? Are you going to re-enlist? He goes, I don't know, but I know that I want to go speed of life that people around here are going and it's gotten a conversation about how what that would look like and I built a friendship off of just a conversation they get down with my, down with my truck and they pull it out and he hears the and he goes man that's a nice truck and I said I know <laughs> and he goes man thank you for talking to me 
said, oh, no, nope, thank you for what you do. And he said, you know, most people want to talk to me about why they disagree with what we do in the military. But he goes, you really cared about how my job affects me. And he goes, I really appreciate that. I'm like, oh, man, that's just what I do. I get in my truck, I'm driving down the road, and I go, holy crap. Holy crap. Like five minutes before this, I said, God, give me an opportunity to speak to someone if this is what you, if this is real. I mean, and just like, there's something small like that blew my mind. Awakening something that was dead in me. So my question is, what do you feel is dead in you? just needs to be awakened I can't answer that for you but maybe just maybe today here's God telling you it ain't dead don't give up just have faith get rid of everything negative in your life get rid of everyone who's laughing at your face just keep believing because here's the crazy thing we're told our whole life to believe in God, believe in God, which we absolutely should believe in God. But the amazing thing is, is his actions, acts in the New Testament, what he does for us shows that he believes in us. He believes in us. So don't give up. Keep fighting for what you know is right. Keep the faith. Keep doing what you know to do. And go back and do the same thing, you know, the last thing God told you. And just trust that Jesus is saying, wake up, rise. Because maybe that's your impossible that he wants to make impossible. Then it's dead in you. God, I want to come to you this morning and just thank you for being a God who is a resurrecting God. That wants to raise up the dead that's in us. Maybe it's our dead belief. Maybe it's our doubt. And God, I'm just praying that I pray that it's today that you wake up something in all of our hearts that you move in such a way that we stand amazed. I pray that we stand amazed. May we look around and see you move and just stand there amazed. God, there's 40 plus thousand people who stand, who live in the 75 mile radius that surrounds Bonnie Kate Elementary School right now where we meet. And God, I just pray that you do something so profound in our lives that only you could get the credit for. And the only thing that we can do is just tell everyone about how amazing our God is because he raised this dead to life. go and be the church where we live, work, and play, sharing what God is doing in our lives. Even if it makes us feel a little bit weird. God, I pray all this in your name. Amen.